I've talked to a lot of you about one of your biggest fears with your birth or your pregnancy, sometimes postpartum, but for this one, it's really mainly birth. Many of you are struggling with getting your husband on board with your plan, with the things that you want. So today we're finally beginning to touch on that topic that gives so many mamas fear and anxiety. We all know how important it is for us to be on the same page with our husbands, especially for something so important as our births. But what do you do when something you want so bad in your birth plan is something that your husband is against? How do you get him on board? It's a stressful situation, and I know a lot of you mamas listening to me right now are dealing with this. So today I'm going to give you five ways to talk to your husband or work with your husband to get him on board with your plan, or at least understanding why you want your plan and why it's important to you, so that hopefully with time he'll come around and understand that this is a good thing. Let's dive right on in. I know you're nervous, but let's do it. Let's dive in. Are you a Christian woman yearning for a beautiful, joyful pregnancy and birth with a focus on God, not medical tests? Are you worried the birth you want isn't possible and you're tired of being treated like an accident waiting to happen? Hey mama, I'm Lori, host of Your Birth, God's Way. I'm a certified nurse midwife now, but I wasn't always. After working for nearly 20 years in the broken maternity system, I too was in your shoes wondering how I could have the birth I wanted and that I felt God meant for me to have. I found a secret that has actually been known since the beginning of time. God's way is the best way. Spoiler alert, God made us and our babies and he knows us best. He designed us perfectly for pregnancy, birth, and nourishing our babies after birth if we work with his design and not against it. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be healthy and have joy during this time of life that will be over before you know it. So if you're ready to reclaim your birth and your babies for his glory, go turn on a few episodes of Bluey for that little one on your hip so you can put the focus back on you for a few minutes with me. Do you wish there was a way to have a safe birth without worrying about unnecessary interventions? Do you want a voice in your care with a provider who supports your wishes? Are you scared of having a C-section that isn't truly needed? Do you want to trust God's design for pregnancy and birth, not man's so-called wisdom? I know what it feels like to doubt the system and yearn for a better way. I was in your shoes wanting a beautiful God-filled birth but I was worried about getting sucked into things I knew I didn't want and probably didn't need. Imagine if you could have someone on your side coaching you on how to have your pregnancy and birth on your terms. Imagine you had someone who would truly listen to your questions and give you advice based not just on medical knowledge, but also on God's design. Well, you can. That's why I created the Midwife and Me Power Hour where I help you identify and reach your pregnancy goals and have the birth you're wanting so badly. You will be able to understand what you want and why you want it, so you can clearly communicate those wants and wishes with your provider. You'll walk away with the knowledge and confidence you need to formulate a plan for your birth and communicate your desires clearly with your provider. So if you're ready to take back control with God at the center through a customized birth plan based on your wishes, for a limited time, I'm offering five Midwife and Me Power Hour sessions in the month of March at a greatly reduced price in exchange for a testimonial from you sharing what you gain from your session. These reduced sessions are first come, first serve, and they will not last long. 
Once they're gone, they're gone. So don't wait and miss out. Head on over to bit.ly slash midwife power hour to book your power hour before they're gone. One more time, grab that pen so you don't forget this address. It's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash midwife power hour. Go over there now, grab you a session before they're all gone so you don't miss out. Go do it and take that first step to reclaiming the peace and joy God intended for you to have in this beautiful time of life. I can't wait to spend an hour talking with you about all your wishes and your hopes and your dreams and then helping you realize them. How fun is that? Go book now. All right, ladies, let's be honest. Today's show is a touchy subject. It's a hard one. We want our doctors on board or our midwives on board. We want our mamas and our mother-in-laws. We want everybody on board, yes. But at the end of the day, the one that matters the most is having our husbands on board with us, being on the same page and having unity in our plan. And sometimes that doesn't come so easy. Sometimes we get things in our heads that we really want, and it's hard to convey to them why we want it to our, to our husbands. They, they love us. They are worried about how things are going to go. And they want everything to be smooth and easy. And communication is a huge issue. There are entire books written, like men are from Mars and women are from Venus or the other way around. I can't remember. It's all about learning how to talk to each other. We have trouble communicating with each other. We think differently and we speak differently and it's hard. And this subject is an especially tough one. It deals with our health and our safety as well as the health and safety of his child. This is huge to him. God made men to be protectors. They're, they're there to protect us. We don't have to understand it, but we do need to respect it. So today we're going to dig into this. I had a great conversation with my husband about how I got him on board with what I wanted for my birth. I received several messages from some of you mamas saying that this is one of your big problems. So I asked my husband, what got him on board with me wanting to have a natural birth. This was something new to him. It wasn't really new to me because as a midwife or at that time a midwifery student with a lot of labor and delivery experience under my belt, I'd seen a lot. I'd experienced a lot that he hadn't. And so I wanted to know kind of what his mindset was. And he confirmed some things that I already knew, but he added some things that I didn't realize. The main thing on his list of worries was me bleeding to death. And that's funny because it's not really one that I thought about too much, but I know it's a thing that can happen. It doesn't happen very often, thank goodness, but it can happen. And so for him, knowing that midwives carried basic medications for this and that the risk for bleeding when those agents haven't been used all throughout the labor actually makes them work, they work better. So the risk for bleeding is a little bit lower because your body can respond to it. That helped him. Yes, bleeding can still happen. Obviously, things happen that... It's very hard to stop. We haven't talked about that a whole lot just yet, but there are, there are things that can happen, but they're incredibly rare. At the time, we lived five minutes from a hospital, which it turns out was pivotal to him being willing to consider home birth, and that's valid. In fact, I don't really recommend that you have a home birth when you're a long, long way from a facility that could help you if you did have problems develop. So living five minutes from a hospital was huge to him. He also placed a lot of weight on my knowledge and my expertise, which I know you all don't necessarily have, and that's okay, because I have some good news for you to share about that at the end. 
So let's go ahead and dig into these five ways to get your husband on board with your plan. Number one, you need to remind him that people somehow feel the need to tell you all the bad things. No doubt your husband has heard some horror story or maybe lots of horror stories from his friends, from his mom, from who knows where of all the bad things. Just like we struggle with keeping a good mindset because everybody tells us the negative and the negative things. He also has that problem. People will also tell them the things that happen to their wives or even happen to them if it's the women talking. You have to help him understand that you don't usually hear the good stories. You don't hear the way everything went smoothly. For some reason, people just have this inner need to air the bad things and tell you the bad things. Very few of them will go out of their way to tell you the good things and what a beautiful birth they had, especially if it's a natural birth. Because, you know, a lot of us in the in the natural birthing world, we know that the world kind of thinks we're crazy, so we don't talk about it a lot. But then when you get some of us together and we get to talking, then you'll hear a lot of great things, right? But he hasn't heard that. So help him understand that there's a lot of really good stories out there, and perhaps he just hasn't heard them. One of the best places I'll tell you that you can get stories about this is in a book called Anime's Guide to Childbirth, and I'll link that down in the show notes. The first more than half of the book is full of birth stories. And granted, they are written from women to women, but they would be good for him to read, even if it's a couple of them, to see the beautiful stories that so many women have had. In this case, most of those are over at the farm, which is where anime practiced, but they're still relevant because it's still a a home-like environment or a birth center-like environment, depending on what your situation is. They're even relevant to a hospital environment if that's where you're planning on birthing, but you're trying to do things a little bit different than what's considered conventional. Help him to see that there are lots of good stories out there, much more, many more good stories than bad stories. Guide him to those stories. Help him to see those stories. Help him to know that you're not just trying to pull something over on him. The reason that you want this is because of the beauty of it. And it's really the way that God designed us to function, and it's the way he intended it to be. Number two, remind him about the history of birth. So there's a lot of men who really are into history, a lot of times more so than the women. Don't know why that is, but it just tends to be. (laughs) Help them to remember that just up until the last maybe century, century and a half, The concept of having all these things done to you during birth was foreign. They would have thought this stuff was crazy. In fact, sometimes when I sit back and think, how did we get to the point that we have all these things in our births and we consider them normal? How do we get here? It's really kind of mind boggling. We won't go into that too much today, but just remind him that humanity has somehow managed to continue over thousands of years without all these interventions that the hospital tells you that you just must have to give birth to your baby. Obviously, those things aren't necessary. Now, some of them, in some cases, do provide help, obviously. But the blanket application of them to all mamas, even the mamas that have no risk factors, they have nothing wrong, everything is completely normal. When you apply those things to them, it actually makes them higher risk because it exposes them to things that they should never have been exposed to. Remind him of that. Remind him that for many thousands of years that mamas have had their babies and everything was fine. Now, 
You'll have the person that'll say, oh, but moms used to die all the time in childbirth and mom babies used to die all the time in childbirth. And to some degree, that's true. But is it as bad as it's made out to be? Again, it's all the bad things, right? You don't think about how many people really had it go well. You also are leaving out the fact that in those times, very often, the moms were delivering their babies unassisted. And that means they didn't have a trained healthcare provider with them. They just weren't around. There were midwives here and there, but whether they were able to get to them, you know, they didn't have cars, they didn't have phones. So the ability to actually get in touch with a midwife to get them to you was pretty hard. So very often moms were giving birth unassisted with untrained people. I never advocate for giving birth at home unassisted. It's just not something that's the safest way to go. You never know what would happen. Even for, for me, with the training that I had, I refused to give birth unassisted. A lot of people would ask me, you know, are you going to have your baby without a midwife? No, because what if I am the one that bleeds and I pass out? Who's going to take care of me then? It's not a good situation. You need to have someone who is not going through the birth process, who is trained to protect your birth and protect normal. Remind him of that. You're going to have that. You're going to have a provider there right there with you who knows what normal looks like and they know what abnormal looks like and they are protecting your safety and the safety of your baby in a way that perhaps in the past they didn't have and yet humanity continued. All right, number three. Let's share some statistics with him. Lots, kind of like a lot of men are into history. A lot of men are numbers guys. They want the hard facts. They want to see it for themselves. So sharing with them statistics often will help. I'll give you an example. This is from the New England Journal of Medicine. This was an article from 2015. And this particular chart was looking at maternal events that were associated with planned out of hospital births. In the U.S., so out of hospital is either home or birth center. The number of operative vaginal deliveries, which means that something was used, like a vacuum or forceps or those kind of things, in hospitals was 35 per thousand births. And I would actually argue that's very low. Out of hospital was only 10. Let's look at Perennial lacerations, that means when you tear with the birth. Out-of-hospital births was 9 out of 1,000. In-hospital births was 13 out of 1,000. And most men, let's just get real, are a little concerned about that. They're concerned about it tearing down there because, well, I'll let you fill in the blanks, but you know good and well. <laughs> they want things to be in good shape down there. So the thought of having a lower chance of things tearing might help them. Let's look at C-sections. Now, we know that C-section rate in our country is astronomical compared to what it should be. Most countries that have midwives attending most normal births, it's maybe around 10% or so of C-sections. Ours is well over 30% in our country. So in, according to this study, cesarean sections for planned hospital births is 247 Thousand. Again, I would argue that that's probably pretty low, but we'll go with it. So 247 per thousand in planned hospital births, that number drops to 53 per thousand in home births. Now, does that mean that there's just that many more women in a hospital that need it? 
No, that's not what it means. It just means that a whole lot more people got them. Now, there might have been a few more that actually needed them in the hospital. But when you're in a hospital with an OR right down the road or right down the hall, not down the road, down the hall, it's really easy to just roll a bed down there when things look a little iffy. And when you're watching something constantly, every little iffy thing that you see, you tend to get a little trigger happy. At home or in a birth center, you are supporting normal. You are in favor of normal and you're not looking at a mom as an accident waiting to happen. And as a result, you get different outcomes. These are big deals, especially if you happen to be someone who does not have conventional insurance and you look at the price of a C-section, especially one that's not needed. Now, if it's an emergency, which is, by the way, very rare, we'll talk about that in a future episode, but it's if it's a life-saving measure, then yes, let's get the C-section. But that's almost never the case. And when I say almost never, I mean a very, very small percentage. Most are unnecessary. So when you compare the cost of those things, if you are a self-pay type of patient or if you're using a healthcare sharing ministry type of thing, it's a huge difference. And if it's not needed, why are we paying this extra? Why are we putting ourselves through a major abdominal surgery that's passed off to us as no big deal? But we know that it is. We know that when you open up your belly, you're introducing the opportunity for infection. You're cutting through muscles that may or may not heal well. You might have problems with the skin healing. You might have just, I could go on and on. (laughs) That's not the point of this episode. I will get into that in a future episode. But just realize that a C-section is a major abdominal surgery and under no circumstances should we be getting C-sections unless they are absolutely necessary. So when you see a number like 247 per thousand in the hospital versus 53 per thousand at home, that's a big difference. Now, just for clarification for anybody that's confused, you don't do the C-section at home. This would be for someone who had transferred to the hospital and ended up having one after they got to the hospital. Let's just clarify that. All right. Another interesting one. For out-of-hospital birth, the need for a blood transfusion or, or the event of having a hemorrhage was six per thousand. And for hospital births, it was four per thousand. The hospital, yes, is two less, but that is just statistically, that's a hard word to say, statistically insignificant. That was just, that much is just kind of a, what do they call it, in the margin of error. So the fear of mom's bleeding to death because they're giving birth at home It's not based on reality. Yes, it's a fear, and yes, it could happen, but it's not based on reality in that it doesn't happen more at home than it does in the hospital. And I would, again, argue that when you've used artificial Pitocin for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, that then when you need the bolus of it after birth, bolus means a large amount at once, when you need that after birth to make bleeding stop, those receptors are already flooded and they don't work as well. Whereas at home, if you're bleeding out, and you give a shot of the Pitocin, it can work because those receptors have not been flooded at all. They haven't had any artificial Pitocin. So these are just a few examples. You can do some Google searching and find all kinds of different articles. Just always be aware of who's putting them out and who's paying for them so that you take into account the bias. You can't believe everything you read. Surely you know that by now. 
Now, remember, part of the reason why the statistics are, are better at home is because you go through a screening process to determine if home is the safest environment for you. And that should be happening with all home births. It doesn't always happen, though, because sometimes people feel like they're forced to be at home because they have no choice because the hospital won't support them at all. So sometimes moms will give birth at home maybe that weren't the best choice in America just because we don't have better options. So keep that in mind. That can affect your your statistics for home birth as well. Let's also give a quick look to death. Now, I know that's a scary, scary topic, and we don't want to talk about it. And I know that I've told you to say bubble of peace and get away from it. And that's valid. But it's also a real risk. And unfortunately, in America, our statistics are much higher than a lot of other countries because of many factors that we've already talked about and others we'll talk about in the future. But the difference in perinatal death, which means deaths that happen around this birthing time, in a hospital delivery was 0.17 per thousand. And perinatal death for outside of hospital deliveries was 0.4 per thousand. The absolute risk in there is so low. Some people will alter those statistics and say, you're twice as likely to die at home just to scare you. But we're looking at the difference between 0.7, excuse me, 0.17 and 0.4. That's incredibly small statistically speaking. So just keep in mind that the fear that they try to plan into your heads is not based on real numbers. Those are very small numbers and you can't really draw conclusions out of something that small. In a perfect world, we wouldn't even have to think about these statistics, but we live in a fallen world and we live in a world, especially in this country, that's a broken maternity system. So it's a reality that we need to consider, but it's not a reality that we need to be fear driven by. Remember, fear does not come from God. He brings us peace and he brings us joy. So let's keep our focus on him and doing things things his way throughout our pregnancies so that our bodies are in the absolute best shape they can be when this birthing time comes. All right, this was all, I know I kind of feel like I've gone off track a little bit just because I've talked about the statistics so much. But remember, these are all statistics to help your husband understand that your decision to want to have a natural birth, whether it be at home or in the birth center or in the hospital, is a valid one and it's not a dangerous one. All right, so that was number three was to give him some statistics. I keep tripping over that word. I apologize. (laughs) Number four. Have him watch The Business of Being Born. Now, by now, this is a relatively old documentary. It was put out by Ricky Lake. Some of you young folks might not even know who Ricky Lake is. She used to have a talk show. Some of the older folks might know who she is. But it's a very well-done documentary about birth in all settings, from home to birth center to hospital. And it even involved a transfer of a home birth, which is a really neat thing to see, kind of how it works and how it should be seamless. And it will help him to understand the reality of the system that we're in. It will help him to see the different options and how they can be good, safe alternatives. So I highly recommend you sit down and watch it. And if you haven't seen it, you need to watch it as well. Sit down and watch it with him and answer his questions or help him to find the answers to his questions. I think that will help him a lot. I know that's the one thing that's gotten a lot of men to really see that maybe we ought to consider something besides just the hospital. And then finally, number five, have him talk to another dad. So we know that for some reason, they don't want to hear from us. (laughs) 
they don't want to hear much of anything from us when it comes to serious stuff. And it's a shame, but we know that's just kind of the way it is. For some reason, people don't like to listen to the people closest to them when it's something, you know, huge. I don't know where that comes from. Maybe it's the Bible. The Bible tells us that a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown. People all over were believing in Jesus, but not the ones closest to him that should have believed. You read about that in Mark 6, chapter, I mean, excuse me, Mark chapter 6, verse 4, Matthew 13, 57. Here's Jesus telling them who he is, telling them why they should believe, and the people closest to him did not. But the people who didn't know him at all did. It's just a weird thing. I don't know why humans are like that, but they are. So if people wouldn't believe Jesus, you can bet that a lot of people are going to write off what you have to say. And that person that writes you off might just be your husband. And I know it hurts. I know it makes you sad. But hopefully watching the documentary that I mentioned above will help. Hopefully the statistics and the other things we've talked about are going to help. But it might take him talking to another man whose wife has been through this before, who has had the successful birth, maybe even one who's had one in the hospital and at home so that he can talk about the differences and he can give him the comparison. If you have a friend who has had a birth like what you want or what you hope to have, ask her if you can arrange for your husband to talk to hers and let the man, you know, get together and do their man talk. Maybe go to a meal together and put them all over on one end of the table and you sit on the other end. (laughs) Maybe a phone call, chat online. There's so many options. It doesn't have to be somebody that you even really physically, you know, know. It could be somebody that you've met in our community. If you haven't gone to join that, be sure to go check that out. The link for that's down in the show notes. And maybe post in there. Ask, is there anyone whose husband might be willing to talk? Or maybe post it on your page, something like that. Just brainstorm ways that you could get your husband talking to someone else who might think a lot like him and help him to have his fears addressed, his concerns addressed, and maybe put those to bed. If you can't find anybody off of those two ways, maybe ask your midwife if they know someone. Just, you know, talk around, ask people. You'll find somebody. Now, not every husband is the same, obviously, and what works for one might not work for another. And maybe none of these will work for your husband, but I think these are all good springboards for places to start to try to get him on the same page. It's all about being unified and helping him to understand. I hope these things will help him to realize that your plan is valid. I think sometimes that husbands can forget that you too are worried about your safety. You know, we worry about these things. We think about what ifs, you know, what if I have this happen or have that happen? What if this or that happens to my baby? We worry about those things too. And and they may doubt without realizing that you've actually done your research before you've ever even presented it to them. If you're like me, you really, you know, think things through and try to put all the checks in the boxes before you even mention it to him. And so maybe help them to understand all the research you've done. Maybe show them some of the research you've done. They just need to understand that you haven't walked into this decision flippantly. You're not being careless. You actually are trying to do what's best for you and for your baby and that you feel like you're making the decision that is safest for you both. Help him to see why that is through the options that I've given you here. So I mentioned earlier that I'm now offering sessions where we can sit down one-on-one to work through your goals and helping you to get there. But I've got some more exciting news for you on this front about the dads. I'm extending this offer to dads. If your husband still has questions he needs answered and you just can't quite figure out how to talk to him, let's hop on a call. I'll talk him through his concerns at that same discounted rate. And I'm going to give this to five dads as well. So we've got five moms, 
five dads. It doesn't have to be the same. The dad and the moms for the five calls don't have to be the same. (laughs) They can be different families. If you can't quite figure out how to talk to them, maybe you've tried these ways and they haven't worked. You don't have to worry about knowing what to say or stumbling over your words because you're nervous. I'll be able to help him understand the answers to his questions and his concerns without all the emotions that comes with it being your husband, because he's not my husband. I'm going to be trying to help him to support you, and we'll take care of his concerns. Now, I can't promise you that he's going to go along with you, but I can promise you that I will give him the information that he needs to make a good decision on his own. So if that's interesting to you, head down to the link in the show notes, get signed up, and we'll get him taken care of. But remember, this is just the first five, okay? This is just an introductory rate, so don't wait and miss out, especially if you're getting close to birth or even in birthing in the next six, eight months. Now's the time to jump on this call at the introductory rate so he can get his fears and his concerns addressed in a way that will help him to make the best decision for you all. I'm so glad you've been with me today. If you still have questions, please shoot me an email over at Lori at your birth godsway.com or hop on our Facebook community, facebook.com slash group slash your birth God's way. And let's chat about it. I'm so thankful for you. And I look forward to seeing you right back here next week. Real quick, if today's episode blessed you in any way, would you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick five-star written review? It'll take you less than a minute, but it's the best thank you you can give me. And it will help my show to reach more mamas just like you so we can all find God's best for our families. I'll see you right back here in a few days.